You're listening to the Northwestern Campus Ministry Podcast from Northwestern College in Orange City, Iowa. Northwestern Campus Ministry exists to send students out as those rooted, built up, and established in Christ for God's glory and for the sake of the world. Thanks for listening and enjoy this recent message from our Christian Formation Program. We're blessed today uh, to hear from Reverend Tim Bank. He's preaching today on Ephesians 6. He'll be also doing a little teaching with us Thursday night, that event I just named. Uh, Reverend Vink is the Director of Spiritual Leadership and Outreach. Um, he's worked for the RCA for a lot of years. He's pastored churches in Minnesota, Iowa, Michigan, California. He's planted churches across the nation. He now works for the Alliance of Reformed Churches. One thing I've appreciated and respected for a lot of years as I've sat underneath Tim's teaching is just his, his simple and yet profound commitment to make Jesus' life and call the model for ministry. And so I'm convinced that the Lord's gonna use Tim to bless us this morning as we look into Ephesians 6, and he's gonna be a blessing on Thursday night with what God wants to do Thursday night. So without uh, further ado, could you join me in just giving Reverend Vank a welcome? joy to be with you today. I love Northwestern College. It's filled with a thousand memories and moments of God's grace in my life. Uh, 1987 graduate, uh, 83 to 87 here. Met my wife, Dana, here. Fell in love with her. And uh, word to the wise young men, if you're dating women and think you might marry them, if you end up with three beautiful daughters like me, then you have all your mistakes that get remembered and they take mom's side, okay? <laughs> so don't mess up your engagements or anything like that. But no, God blessed us and our life has been rich and full all these years, Dana and I, and Karis is here with grandkids. So we have six grandchildren, four of them live in Orange City now uh, with Karis and John DeYoung and it's a delight what God has done in these years in between. I also fell in love with the Lord Jesus Christ at a much deeper level. I, mean, I came to Christ at five in Laverne, Minnesota, American Reformed Church. I, I, I was called to ministry. I was leading kids to Christ on the, on the baseball team bus, you know, on the way to sporting events, baseball, basketball, football, big part of my life, and came here even on a little bit of a basketball scholarship, but fell in love with Jesus. Finished uh, with a religion major in preparation for seminary at Fuller in Pasadena, California, and learning Greek, you know, through the four years that I was here. It was a powerful time. Uh, but I still had sort of a missing piece in my life, and uh, I kind of grew up, grew up in the Father, Son, and Holy Scripture strength of the Reformed Church. I knew the book. I loved the book. I hadn't really met the author. I hadn't really spent a lot of time with the Holy Spirit, trusting the Holy Spirit personally in the leadership. So that was helped by a summer of service when I went to Amsterdam in the Netherlands in 1986, and God used that powerfully to shape my life and ministry ever since. Uh, an encounter with the Holy Spirit is filling, his power uh, shaped me for ministry. So I'll say a little bit more about that as we go. And uh, I just wanted to give you a chance to have a little bit of context for us. And I'm really thankful for everything that God has done, how faithful he is to his text. I love it that you're studying through this book of the Bible. Ephesians is one of my absolute favorite books of the Bible. It's full of these gospel centrality, gospel saturated passages. I'm thrilled to be part of this with you in, in Ephesians chapter six. We're gonna talk about the armor of God. We're gonna talk about spiritual warfare. There's no neutral ground. You all are the battleground and the prize, and God pursues you 
in spiritual warfare to defeat the enemy, to defeat evil, and to bring you into the kingdom of the son that he loves, to bring you into the kingdom of light. It's a powerful, powerful engagement that God has with the people that he made on his planet, his world, and he is drawing people everywhere to himself. So here's a question. My wife is helping me think about this a little bit. Have you, uh, have you felt like life has just been attacking you? Have you felt it on a personal level? Just getting attacked. Things are going south. I face evil in my life. Have you felt it on a cultural or societal level? Just getting attacked, right? What if you could protect yourself from the attack of evil, right? What if you could even push back, not just be the punching bag, not just be on defense, but what if you could get yourself ready and be on offense and deliver blows against evil, bring light into dark places? That's really the invitation of Ephesians chapter six. There's such a powerful invitation. God has a plan for you in this passage. We read it well. I love the songs that we just shared. They were perfectly picked by the Holy Spirit. You're gonna hear that right out of the gate. So I wanna give you the theme for the day and then I'll talk you into these uh, keys of Ephesians chapter six. Here's the theme. Every believer in Jesus, every believer in Jesus, from now on can stand in the face of evil by putting on the full power of God, the full gospel power of God, the full armor of God, and the full love of God. So I'm gonna talk about those three things, the fullness of the power of God, the armor of God, the love of God, and I wanna illustrate that right out of the gate here. Verse 10, Ephesians chapter six. Here's the language again. Finally, Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. The word finally is actually a little tricky for us in the English. Probably a better translation of this time-sensitive word. The word is chronos in the Greek. From now on. Paul's saying, from now on. From now on, stand in the strength of the Lord and in his mighty power. You know where those exact words are used earlier? You probably talked it through in Ephesians 1, chapter 19, this this prayer that Paul kneels down and he prays for the people in, in Ephesus and he's saying, I pray that your eyes and your heart would be enlightened to know Christ better. The revelation of God from heaven for all people in all generations, all nations, to know Christ better. I know, pray that you'd know the hope to which he's called you, that you would know the inheritance, the riches of the inheritance of the saints, so that you would know his incomparably great power at work in you who believe. That power was like the working of his mighty strength. Same language. When he raised Jesus from the dead. So Paul's saying here, from now on, Be strong in the resurrection power of Jesus. Is there anything stronger in this universe than the resurrection power of Jesus? Not even close. When Jesus shaped all that you know, galaxies of stars, billions of light years, how far light travels at 186,000 miles per second, galaxies and planets and people and all generations and cultures, and God shaped everything that you know, It's nothing like the power that was released in the resurrection body of Jesus. You know what happened in the resurrection of Jesus we just sang about? The resurrected one is resurrecting you. That's right. Be strong in his resurrection power at work in us who believe. The new heavens and the new earth became visible in the body of Jesus Christ. 
that was seen and touched for 40 days on this planet 2,000 years ago by over 500 people at a time, individuals, some touched his hands. He spoke with them for over 40 days about the kingdom of God, but that resurrection power in Jesus' body, his body is evidence of the new heavens and the new earth. The resurrection of Jesus changes everything for all people in all places, guaranteeing that the second coming of Jesus will bring about the restoration of all things, the new heavens, the new earth. Jesus has a resurrection body. The greatest explosion of power in human history has been the resurrection of Jesus. And Paul's saying in Ephesians, be strong then from now on, be strong in resurrection power. Stand in the new heavens and the new earth. Align yourself with where history's headed, with the sovereignty of God. Stand firm. That's his first challenge, put on, before he even challenges you to put on the full armor of God, he says, put on the power. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power, resurrection power. He packs on five different words in Ephesians 1.19 to try to even try to express what it means to have new heavens and new earth power demonstrated in the body of Jesus Christ. That's gospel power. The power of God in his gospel, the power to save anyone who believes. Everything God wanted to communicate, he did through his son and his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, his second coming. God is communicating to all cultures, all nations, all generations through his son. He said everything he wants to say through his son, but we've been getting diminished. We've been shrinking the gospel. If you're living strong in the Lord and in his resurrection power, what can evil do to you? Jesus conquered the grave. He conquered Satan. It was the ultimate flip. The enemy thought he had him, nailed him to the cross. Treason, betrayal, nailed him to the cross. He's dead in a tomb and God turns that on its head and changes the entire planet's trajectory. The new heavens and new earth are sure to come into your world because... God raised Jesus from the dead. God appointed the one he raised from the dead to be the judge of the living and the dead. This is good news. This is relevant to every man, woman, child. If you're facing evil, personal evil, corporate evil, societal evil, God has a ticking time bomb through the resurrection power of Jesus on display for evil. Isn't that good news for the world? Isn't that good news for your world? I remember being a student at Northwestern here in the 80s and uh, Colin Bradder Hall, you know, I was playing some basketball, and I ended up with uh, a song by Glenn Ellen Green that really stuck in my heart back then on Christian music, and, and uh, you probably wouldn't have heard it by now, but uh, it, was, it was called Blessed Be the Lord, and it's, it was about a knight, like the medieval knight that gets knighted by a king in authority, and uh, he bows down every day to his king and says, blessed be the name of the Lord, but he prepares himself with the armor of God. Every day he puts on his armor, right? Can you imagine a knight in shining armor, right? These people trained from being a page to a squire to being an apprentice knight, and when they came to a place of full leadership, they were entrusted with some really great armor. And it wasn't just for leisure time, it wasn't to go fishing in. They were soldiers. They were defenders of the defenseless. They were protectors of widows. They did the will of the king with a fierce, undying allegiance. It was a beautiful picture. I learned how to put on the full armor of God. And it prepared me in 85 for the encounter that I had in 86 with the Holy Spirit. So here's a truth that I want you to understand. What God 
God wants to put his power in you through the third person of the Trinity. He wants the Holy Spirit. He wants God in you. And then he'll put God's armor on you so that you're strong on the inside, not just on the outside, right? His armor is important. But he wants to fill you with the power, resurrection power. He wants to put the Holy Spirit in you first so that your backbone is strong, your courage is high, you're fearless, you're filled, and perfect love drives out fear. You're a fearless warrior. Your identity shifts and you're a soldier against evil, a defender of the defenseless. You're protecting the interests and welfare of the kingdom of heaven among the kingdoms of this earth. And so it was an identity shift that prepared me, but it prepared me to receive the third person of the Trinity to welcome his power on the inside so that I have God's presence strengthening my life from then on. And I put on the armor of God. Every day I was putting it on, putting it on, piece by piece, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness. This is God's armor. It was bringing fullness into my life. It was bringing protection in my life. I didn't understand how much more the Lord was going to do with, with that. When I was in Amsterdam in 1986, I began 36 years of healing and deliverance ministry through the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside, fierce love, fearlessness. We began to see the sick raised, the dead brought back to life. I've, been, you know, I've seen thousands of healings personally, hundreds of deliverances from demons. You know, been part of my life and ministry since Northwestern days, since putting on the armor of God, since bowing my knee to a fierce allegiance to Christ alone here and in Amsterdam. Revival, personal, perpetual revival through the indwelling Holy Spirit. It's not a place. Amsterdam will always be precious. I was there a few years ago. I went to the place, the YWAM Center, and I stood outside the door where I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit while somebody was preaching the gospel. And when they hands on me, I heard the preaching of the gospel from Luke 2, and God filled me on the inside with resurrection power through the person of the Holy Spirit. And I was prepared as a soldier, as a, as a person ready to go into the field, ready to be about the Father's business of revival, something that prepared me well. And so in Amsterdam, there's a place that is precious and sacred, but that's not the point. When Jesus said, stay in Jerusalem until you've received power, remember those words, stay until. Stay until when they received power from on high, they became witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. They went from the seats to the streets. The point of the power is not to stay, it's to go. And so I've lived a life on adventure with the Lord. I've seen his power. As I mentioned, hundreds of deliverances. We, we'll talk more about that Thursday night, more into the training mode and Thousands of healings. I've trained well over 10,000 people. Part of my equipping work in healing and deliverance ministry to see that last night, one of our team members in Michigan was you know, intervening in a family that has a sex trafficked young woman that they took into their home and she's in deep trouble and she's carrying demonic spirits and they, they intervened. I was out here, but we have a team trained. It's powerful. God is on the move. So encouraged. So the fullness of the Holy Spirit in us leads to fullness in mission. We see that in Acts 19, in the very passage that is the ground for why Paul would write a letter to the Ephesians and the whole surrounding area. It says in Ephesians that the, whole, that the word of the Lord was heard in all of Asia Minor. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people heard the word of the Lord because of an explosive revival that started in Ephesus. And it started in Acts 19 with 12 people who didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And Paul lays hands on them. 
They're baptized in the name of Jesus in water, and they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And revival begins to break out in Ephesus, and demons are being dealt with. It's a place of deep darkness and sorcery. There weren't any Christians in a city of 300,000. But revival's breaking out. So many come to the Lord. And the scripture says in Acts 19 that those who believed, not the unbelievers, but those who believed came and openly confessed their sins. They openly confessed their sins. Revival was breaking out. This this is the Father's business. The John the Baptist revival only eclipsed by the Jesus revival, eclipsed by the Jerusalem revival of Acts 2. Outpouring the Holy Spirit. It goes on. Antioch revivals. This is an Ephesus revival in the second largest city of the Roman Empire. It says that $5 million of witchcraft material got burned as they confessed their deeds openly and turned to the Lord. They turned from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God. They got filled by the Holy Spirit. Ephesus changed. The darkness and oppression of principalities and powers and forces of evil. It's important to know your enemy. It's important to know your enemy. If you're a soldier, you're not, you need to know who you're gonna fight. You need to know how the enemy fights. He fights according to Jesus with accusation. It's his nature to accuse. It's his nature to lie. He speaks his native language and he lies. Satan and his dominion, his organized kingdom of darkness, this evil empire that you will encounter. The scripture says here in chapter six, take your stand against the schemes, against the attacks of the enemy. They will come. They are there. They will come to you too. You're on this planet with us. And in verse 13, it says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, when the day of evil comes, not if, not if you think the day of evil won't come, I'm old enough, I got six grandchildren, I'm old enough to know, right? When the day of evil comes, it will come to your house, your family, your kids, your grandchildren. When the day of evil comes, do you have the armor on of God? Do you have the power of God in the person of the Spirit in you? Are you fearless? Are you full of love? Have you been equipped? Have you been trained? A lot of invitation in the passage to grow up into God's provision, (coughs) excuse me, for perpetual revival. The strategy of heaven, according to the gospel, between the first and second coming of Jesus is to send the third person of the Trinity to fill you, to make you mobile temples of the Holy Spirit. I don't have to go somewhere. I am somewhere. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'll sit and tell people that on an airplane sometimes, an educator that was doing the Jesus seminars and looking back in history, it was so murky, like I can't tell what's true, what's true history, what Jesus is, what not. I said to him, why? Why are you spending 20 years trying to look at Jesus in history when you're sitting next to the Holy Spirit 18 inches from you right now? You better believe I knew I was a soldier. You better believe I understood myself as a temple of the Holy Spirit. I understood who I was. He said, what are you talking about? I said, you're with God right now. The next seat over has a man who's a temple of the Holy Spirit in it. You should talk to the Holy Spirit. Well, how how would I know? Well, how do you think I shared? I shared to him some of these stories, testimonies of resurrections from the dead, bodies that were dead, alive again because of the resurrection power of God at me, in me, not me, but Christ in me at work, right? Healing, story, names, places, times, date. I saw them, did them with my own eyes with the help of the Holy Spirit, right? I'm telling him story after story after story of God's present power over evil, over sickness, like frontline warfare against demons and sickness and disease and infirmities and Starts weeping, you know? Do you know who you are? 
You know who your enemy is. Started telling you, right? Some of his tactics. He's an accuser of the brother in Revelation 12. He's a liar. He speaks his native language when he lies. He's trying to dominate your world with all of this. He is a tempter. He will try to lead you into the, into the streets of sin so you get hit by the car. The gravity of your, you know, of justice in the universe because God is on the throne, not the devil. But he'll lead you into the streets to try to destroy you with sin. And finally, he's an oppressor. Jesus called him a murderer from the, from the beginning. Ever have attacks? Ever have a thoughts to try to end your life? You can be sure you're facing the enemy. God, the author of life, would be speaking life to you. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? When the day of evil comes, can you stand? Are you standing in resurrection power? Have you received new heaven and new earth power by receiving Christ, by translating into the kingdom of God, coming under Christ, submitting yourself to him so that the king, Jesus, has put his you know, sword on your shoulder and sent you into mission into this world to destroy the devil's works, to destroy evil, to push back on evil. Yeah, you'll take some hits, but he'll heal you. You have resurrection power in you. You have resurrection life in you. What are you afraid of? Fearlessly, Paul says, I'm gonna make known the gospel. And man, everywhere he went, he faced persecution from evil. There are no Christians there. There are no structures of light and godliness. It was... Dark, dark, broken stuff for decades, centuries. And he brings the gospel. And he won again and again, won great numbers of people to the Lord. And people were born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit and healed and delivered and set free. A glorious battle. I would not want to be on the bench. I'm a basketball player. I'm a volleyball player. I'm a football player, a baseball player. I want in the game. You're safe in the game with him because you have resurrection power in you and he gives you armor that's of the highest caliber because it's God's armor. He gives you God's from head to toe covering. It's a suit of armor. Again, not for, not for leisure purposes, not for making money, but for being an ambassador of the king knighted by him, sent by him to destroy the devil's works, to break down evil in your world and bring love and light in its place. Head to toe covering a suit of armor, God's salvation on your head. Are you saved by God? Then what can man do to you? That's what Romans would say. If God has already given you his son, what could anybody else take from you? God's already committed you, committed to you to his death what more could he even give from heaven like we sang a little earlier? God's salvation, God's righteousness, God's truth on you, God's gospel. Are you prepared? Are you on your toes? Pastor Mark was saying this. He wants to see you as a body of students on your toes with readiness of the gospel. You're ready to engage. You're going somewhere with God and breaking down evil, not back on your heels, not hoping not to get hit, you're on offense, not defense. You're difference makers, you're world changers, you're history shapers. That's been my privilege because of this place, because of Colin Brander, because of putting on the armor of God every day, putting on God's armor. It's excellent, but it's for a purpose. He didn't just save me from all my sin, which was legendary. He didn't just save me from 
sickness and demons and death and damnation in hell. He saved me for something. He saved me for a war. He made me a warrior. He made me equipped to fight the principalities and powers in the air. There's no one else on the planet but Christians to do this work. People born again from above who have the third person, the Trinity, in them. The love of God compelling them and the armor of God on them. You alone are built for this war. You're made for war. I want to encourage you that every believer from now on, the scripture says, from now on can stand in the face of evil by putting on the full armor of God, putting on the full power of God, resurrection power in this text, put on the resurrection power, the new heavens and the new earth and let it pull you toward that trajectory, pull you into eternity, pull you under the sovereignty of God. What can evil do to you? Fearlessly leaning in, getting on offense, not just being a punching bag on defense for the enemy, for evil in the world. I'm just going to close with this idea from Ephesians 3, and I think you'll hear it again from the closing benediction from Mark. But the power of God, even resurrection power of God works only in love mode. Love and power, love and power. That's the language of Ephesians 3. It's stacks of love and power, power and love, love and power, stacks of it. It doesn't work apart from each other. It works together perfectly. You know that God's superpower is his love in the face of evil. There's nothing better, nothing stronger than the love of God. It's unstoppable, invincible. The love of God is his superpower. So I pray every day, and did this morning again, soften my heart, Lord, with your love. I want to be part of your global gospel movement today. But soften me with your love so that my heart can stretch to the height, the depth, the length, and the breadth of the love of God. I want an expansive heart. I want a heart as big as yours for your world. The love of God is what moves me toward evil, toward Frontline ministry, healing, deliverance, thousands of miracles, signs, and wonders. It's not about that. It's about the love of God for people. It's about him loving people enough to want to see them set free from the attacks of the enemy. Know your enemy for sure. Know your enemy and know his tactics. If you're a soldier, that's important. And you are, according to the text. Every believer, be strong. In the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God. But you need to know your king. You need to know who your fierce allegiance is to. Not just that you're ready to fight, but who you're fighting for, who you're fighting with. Do you fight with the love of God, saturating your life? Are you shaped by the height, the depth, the length, and the breadth of the love of God? It's his superpower for global transformation. It's happening at extraordinary levels. You're living in the greatest revival of human history. It's my job to work disciple-making movements, church-planting movements, three See, three, four generations of church planters and church plants like last night on the phone and, and uh, in California and beyond, all these nations now and, and de- you know, generations of disciples who've made disciples who've made disciples, teaching them to obey everything Christ commanded in, the, in, the, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and multiplying exponential movements and just in North India. One expression of Christianity in 2020 during covid among Hindu and Buddhist people with lots of persecution and pushback from evil trying to control the territory. 100,000 families came to Christ 
in a year. In 2020, 100,000, that's exponential growth. That's movement level. You're living in the greatest revival of human history. It's going on largely in the Southern Hemisphere with persecution. The invitation is to the Northern Hemisphere. The country's engaged in NATO, US, Canada, Europe, with Russia, the Northern Hemisphere, those nations. God's shaking these nations. He's calling us to global revival. He wants evil banished in our territory, in our dimension. It's only going to come with the love of God. We have to be saturated by the love of God. God breaks a grip on sin, even slavery. It's Black History Month. Even slavery, right before this passage, he destroys slavery with the Christ. He presents the Christ who loves the enslaved and it changes the relationship of the master. I can't touch that guy. I can't beat up that guy. Changes everything. The Christ who loves the enslaved and the Christ who loves the master reminds the master that he's a servant of the living God. He's a servant of a fierce and loving king in heaven at the right hand of God, but also loves the enslaved and will reward the enslaved. It shatters slavery. The institution of slavery breaks it. The gospel presenting Christ, the love of Christ for people breaks the power of lies and oppression and murder accusation. Be ambassadors. Seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Loaded with his perfect armor. Loaded with his Holy Spirit's power. Loaded with his love. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, there is no one like you. Preaching a week ago from the transfiguration, the light shining from your presence, your face as your humanity was transparent for a moment and the fullness of your deity dwelling in bodily form came through. You were like a diamond shining in the night, all the facets of your glory, everything the Father communicated to all nations and all generations through you, Jesus, I pray that the gospel would be heard and received in its fullness. The power of the gospel in us through the presence of the Holy Spirit would actually break through. And nations would come to you, be discipled, baptized, taught to obey everything you commanded us. Lord, I pray for your people to put on the full armor of God. Your armor would protect them and prepare them, not to be passive, but to be agents of love and power in this generation. We pray your blessing on these people, Lord, for the sake of the gospel, for your great glory. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.